by this power of castle hate school i am das hella Markali, and you are my loyal viewers i appreciate your fandom ship yeah me and casey were messing around doing a reminiscing about uh bruno borat bruno the entire smorgasbord of comedy that we got from ali g when you would see him on hbo oh and it's sad that this generation what go like that remember well, that oh, yeah. back. booyakasha yeah <clears throat> and uh oh, i'm trying to find this one line where he's like you know um <laughs> they're like at a sex round table and one of the girls talks about watching porn or something like that and he goes you know is it good for kids to be watching porn you know? she's like no of course not he goes well i've been watching pornos since the age of 11. you don't see me julie complaining now Booyakasha, huh? <laughs> uh, masterful if you haven't seen that stuff i mean the showtime stuff that he does now yes we're going to take the whole episode to talk about allergy uh the showtime special that he does now the the you know what is america or whatever that was oh, yeah. it is really good but it's so cringy it's painful to watch. I feel like the Ali G stuff was a little bit less painful, a little bit easier. Yeah, the Ali G stuff has more like replay value. Yeah. Whereas when you watch the what you know the what's wrong with the yeah one. yeah you watch it once you're like I never can yeah. see that again. Yeah. It's it's but again it's like I watch him going God damn he was in that scenario making this person you know run around with his pants down or just say some things where you look back and you're like oh that must have been so uncomfortable just to sit there and sit with it. And Donald Trump famously was the only person to ever walk out of an interview as he was pitching him, um, I think it was popsicle gloves. He's like, you know, <laughs> when you like eating ice cream and it's dripping on your fingers, you can get ice cream gloves. Boy, oh boy. I want to start out today with a Liver King meme of the week just to start it off light, tasty, airy. I thought this Liver King meme was fantastic. Friend, bro, your crush is right over there. Act natural. Me. Picture of the liver king. That's amazing. Because, like, the joke is he's not natural. <laughs> How do they come up with this stuff? Then we have a liver king link right here. Liver king just wants to lift. I saw him doing this. We get a little volume on there. He's in the middle of what looks like a Walmart, just lifting weights. This is the only place I feel at home. Okay, well, that's great. If you could just understand where I came from, what I've been through, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just I spreading a message. So many people are hurting and hating. I asked you to stop videoing. We're just trying to help people. Hey guys, why do y'all like Liver King? Okay. Alright, I'm gonna this? go ahead. It's if y'all are there's a lot to unpack here because he's in the middle of what appears to be a Walmart lifting weights. The security guard coming up to him. It looks like this is not the first time she's done that today. Now, I got to say, he looks amazing. Anywhere he goes, it's a testament to his physique that he's just in some regular old Walmart lighting looking fantastic. And he's just grabbed some dumbbells and he's curling with them. And she, okay. <laughs> I don't know if those are his kids or it wouldn't surprise me if there's some fans, but he's got this like row of fans that he appeals to in the middle of the video. I have mixed feelings about this kind of stuff, and we'll talk more about stuff like this later. Pranks in general, or going into the real world and filming content where you're now putting uh, a paid employee in a position to kick you out. It's like you're getting content but at the expense of somebody having to do something that's, yes, it's a part of their job, but it's just not, who wants to kick somebody out? And you know that they're doing content or whatever, but you're sort of like defying them and pushing back against them doing their job. So in a way, 
I, you know, it's just not something I would feel geared to do. As much as I maybe would do that as a kid or something like that, you push back against authority. Now, I know something that's, that's something that Casey does on the weekends. He likes to go into random big box shopping uh, stores and just do things that'll get him kicked out. Like, that's what he has for a rush in his life, you know. <laughs> Never did it. Um, so, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Casey, the liver king lifting I, I, and getting kicked out. I agree with you. Like, yeah. Yeah, who, who cares? He's just lifting weights in a Walmart. Like, also, that shouldn't be a thing. Like, yeah. well, why do you care if he's doing that? Maybe right. he's testing maybe out a product. Shirtless. Yeah, maybe he's testing out a product to use it. Also, don't do that. We know that's not what you're doing. It's like both of yeah. them just fuck off. Right. Yeah, it is funny, huh? Because, um, like, if, how long <laughs> can he do that for? How long is it a nuisance for? What's the problem right. with him doing it? But also right. don't do it. Right. Both yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah. Both like, of I them am, suck. You're right. You're right. I'm curious about all these questions. It's like, when is it illegal because he has his shirt off? Yeah. Why is it illegal to have your shirt off in a you know a store? Is that just the policy? Are they going to use physical violence if against him? If they gave him a shirt? Right. Can, can yeah, yeah. Say, did, like, did, what, what is, what's going wrong? What's what going ethical, on here? What are the ethical boundaries here? In the Walmart, lifting these 15-pound weights for our personal amusement. Um, also, how dramatic he is of, like, where I came from, this and that, while curling. Like, what do you I know. He goes straight. He's about? so good at the character that he just never turns it off. It's really something to take notes on. Uh, okay. We have another funny little video that, you know, I could have put it in the... This is why we can't have nice gyms, but I'm going to put it in Bro Science Academy because it brings up another interesting philosophical conundrum so this video has been making the rounds on the internet and uh well let's just let it play the focus is on this big guy over here big guy older guy <laughs> already his posture is fine once you get to this size you don't go around asking people how many sets you got in that place yeah so we can pause it there uh just a short clip basically we see this guy who looks like he's in his 40s. He's more fat than he is buff. He has some muscle, but um, the main takeaway from me that makes me question whether or not he's serious, I do actually think he's serious here, but he's wearing neon green lifting gloves. And I've just never seen a serious lifter who knows what the F they're doing inside the gym as a man. Now, I kind of give permission to female because you don't want your hands all rough and callous, but it's just, it's one of those running things that, um, you know, unlike something, for example, where like we suddenly decided that it was a meme to have, uh, you know, rollerblading is gay, right? Like Bill Bird is a great bit about this. Like suddenly one guy, <laughs> yeah, one guy's like rollerblading's gay, and then you know everyone has to stop doing it. Uh, there is something to this notion of you're wearing lifting gloves as a guy. I kind of, uh, you know, you go that's gay, that's whatever. This is how guys who wear lifting gloves kiss their girlfriends, and you know it's the guy pinned up against a chain link fence with a, a girl <laughs> holding his legs in her arms. It rings true for me because I go, first of all, I, you, I know you don't know how to lift. Secondly, you're not lifting hard enough to even get calluses. And as a guy, you want those calluses on your hands. You want rough masculine hands, right? So I excuse women who, who use that who don't want rough calloused hands. But this guy's not only wearing gloves, they're big gloves and they're neon green. And then he goes on to say, when you're as big as me, like he's obviously upset there's like either police or security involved breaking these two people up. And uh, you see that it's a very young kid on one side and this guy on the other side going, um, he's still upset about being asked how many sets he has on a piece of equipment. And he references himself. <laughs> he says, 
when you get to be this size, right? When you get to be this big, you shouldn't be asked you know, how many sets you have on a piece of equipment, which even if he was Ronnie Coleman, it wouldn't have any bearing on somebody's uh, uh, right to ask him how many sets he has on a gym. It is an, an innocuous question at the end of the day. It's hilarious to me because I love delusional people in the gym, but this is something I used to struggle with. When people would ask me, I would get annoyed by it, usually with the tone people would ask because I felt like people were putting pressure on me. So I would say something like, I don't know, or a hundred, or a thousand, or a million. Yeah, Mark's a dick, oh my God, he said he had a million sets left on the like press. Now, because in some people, there is a tone where you kind of, you can come across as pressuring. I always invite people to work in now, right? That's my go-to, and I think that is just the only ethical approach to this, unless it's totally impractical, unless you're like squatting five plates and this person wants to do 95, you can't work in. But when it's just a machine with a pin or something like that, I this is a public gym in the sense that um, you, you pay for membership and we all have to share the equipment. And the better you can get along with everybody, I just think that the gym's going to be better when you have this attitude. And I think that also kind of goes along. You don't really see a lot of advanced lifters having these shitty attitudes or being prima donnas. I rarely see that. It's usually people who don't know what they're doing in the gym, like this guy, that have these mistaken notions also, not only of just how to lift, but what gym etiquette is, right? Of using multiple machines. My friend Todd will tell me, for example, going to a a gym and like a guy will be using like three different benches and it's like you can't do that you know you can't be like oh I'm, I'm here but I'm also here and I'm also here you have to allow people to work in um, but you easily see how people become sort of like possessive it's this basic human nature thing right this is mine it's mine it's not yours right you're using it for that moment that you're doing it but we all have to share and it just goes to show you who was raised right who has siblings whose parents didn't neglect them whose parents uh, stuck around, didn't go get cigarettes, and disappeared. Yes, it is true. I have energy. I'm smooth mentally, not smooth-brained, but things are firing on all cylinders. I'm in a flow state. How did I get there? Well, part of the equation is most certainly kratom, and part of the equation of how I get that kratom is most certainly happyhippoherbals.com. That's where I get my happy hippo kratom from. And guess what? Thick Boy Studios is stocked with it. So whenever I want some, I just go out here and pop it. But if you don't have your own supply, I urge you to go to happyhippoherbals.com and use promo code THICKBOY with three C's to get 20% off of every single purchase you make for the rest of your kratom using career. If you don't like it, let me know. But I know that's not going to happen. So that's why I'm encouraging you to do that. What I am encouraging you to do is order some and then tell me what you like about it because I guarantee you're going to like it or your podcast back. As you know by now, the promotion that I'm running for Oak and Stone Clothing, whereas in the month of August, the remaining days, if you make a purchase for Oak and Stone, you will get a free 20-minute plus consultation with me because I say 20 minutes plus. When I get on the phone with people, we start jibber-jabbering. I want to give you that guaranteed minimum, but who knows? It might be 40 minutes. We might get into a groove. I might be driving home and just say, you know what? It's a 40-minute drive. I don't need to cut you off arbitrarily. So take that gamble. Get these clothes. 
And you know what? I do like them. I wear them in my real life. And every single person who's actually bought these clothes has something positive to say both about the clothes and the customer experience. Um, because again, it's a small business. And the reason that I like to promote this business and give you insight into how it's run is because there's not a lot of times where you get a really cool clothing company that's like, it's not a big corporation. It's a small operation and that to me means you can have more care into the individual items and into the customer service experience because you have a person who's dealing with you making sure your experience of that product is fantastic. And everybody who's ordered has uh, reached out to me in some way to communicate that. Not one single person has even been like, no, nah, it was a little bit, nah. you know. You have a, a, a client of mine ordered some shirts and had a difficulty uh, using the promo code. The owner of the business called him and walked him through uh, using the promo code properly. What promo code was that? Hella, code Hella, get 10% off. Use that and then send me uh, the screenshot of that or some sort of proof of purchase and you can get that consultation. Again, diet, nutrition, or anything if you just want to talk to me. And if you purchase it and you're like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you for 20 minutes. Let's do something else. I'm open to that too. Let's negotiate. I just want to give you something back for getting in on the ground level of Oak and Stone, especially when you use code Hella, especially when you shop at oakandstoneclothing.com and not some reseller. Uh, don't get knockoff Oak and Stone and don't get scalped Oak, Oak and Stone. Get the real deal from the website. We're proud. I'm a big boy. We just got some shirts for Chris D'Elia. We're going to see how he likes them, Okay. Because, I mean, you know, get him before he, once he wears that and posts it on, on his IG, it's going to be over. You won't be able to get an Oak and Stone shirt, so get them while they last. Let's go on to Hater of the Week. Sometimes, it, this just happened to be last night, okay? <laughs> this is the runner-up this week was a guy from Australia named underscore Barney W. He left not one, but two comments. What I love about this is he left a comment and then he wanted to come back and be like that wasn't good you know I, I have more to say right I don't know how you find my profile uh, who cares uh, but you show up to my page and the first thing he says is what is wrong with your head we're talking about the appearance or what's going on inside it a good douche that's a self slam. That's a self slam. That's sort of opening the door to questioning my own mental health mm -hmm. in this segment. Mm -hmm. So, what is wrong with my? I don't know. What is wrong with my head, Casey? Maybe you could tell me. It's You're right it's here. It's huge. It's square. It's dumb. It's huge. It's square. It's dumb. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, no. I'm glad you're laughing at that. I'm glad you think it's funny. So you're actually on this guy's. So you know what? <laughs> no, I'm actually. With this podcast. Uh -huh. uh, Confession, I uh -huh. am underscore Barnew. Oh! I am Barnew. The hate is coming from inside the building. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> what is wrong with your head? What's funny about, again, any time a guy or a woman, like imagine a girl coming up to you and being like, hey, your physical appearance is wrong in some way, right? And I like, even just that word, wrong. Okay, sorry, I don't have the right head shape, you know? Um, and I don't think that's even a common thing to say, but you know, people criticize me all the time for any one of a number of things. I like that he went with head. Mm -hmm. Like, do you mean my face? Do you mean the shape of my head? Uh, can you be more specific with the hatred? So he says, what's wrong with your head? I don't know what it, maybe you could tell me. And then he goes, you're a try hard with lip fillers and fake bro arms. That's true. 
Right. Because your okay. arms, <laughs> they are fake. Yeah. And they are bro. Right. <laughs> this guy. I also just love this person took time. They sat and typed something. They typed out two comments and they had the entire English language dictionary at the tip of their fingers and they choose words like fake bro arms. What does that mean? Does that mean I take steroids so they're fake? Does that mean I have animatronic arms? Does that mean uh, I Photoshop these arms on? Does it mean, you know, if your muscles are big, that means you have fake arms? I don't get It's so nonspecific. I wish these guys would just get better at insulting me because it gives me more to work with. I don't even respond to this guy now. I just post him to my story. And then if we scroll down a little bit, I posted a picture of him with his girlfriend, then just zoomed in on his face and said, yeah, that makes sense. His, oh, and also, I also posted this. I didn't tag him in it so you can't see, but I went to his girlfriend's page and requested her. <laughs> Damn, player. Damn, player. And I like that, you know, it's all just, it's not a direct response to either your DMs or your comments, but I like to play those games. And just, you know, part of me wants to send, like, this whole exchange to her just to be like, Hey, your dude's in the closet. You know, that could be a benefit to her to figure that out sooner rather than later. But uh, his retort to me, just tagging him, because again, that's, you know, I have a weird head. Let me just tag your head. That's, that's it. What else are you going to do? No, you. He says, good one, big lips. At lease, spelled like an apartment lease, one word, A-T-L-E-A-S-E. -E. I'm happy and don't have to fill my lips in to hind my insecurities. You knob. Well, in hindsight, you probably should have used spell check. Agadoosh. Now, I like the assertion here that I'm happy, right? It's like, yes, I may be spending my free time criticizing the physical appearance of other men, but I'm really very happy, you see. This is obviously an indication of how mentally well off I am. I'm exuding happiness and confidence. <laughs> Obviously, at least I'm happy. So that's it. You know, I just like it. It was just like a little runner up that happened yesterday that I'm going to share with you because I still get stuff like this. It's like, oh, you want to be like, dude, that was so 2020. Like, ugh, get off these giant, juicy lips already. Find something else. Mm -hmm. Okay. The real winner, though, of Hater of the Week this week, I'm going to tell you about Ike Catcher. Now, I'm going to do some content with this later in the week and make a shorter version of the story for Instagram. But this thing happened while I was at Muscle Beach um, with Isaiah Miranda. We were shooting a video. He asked me to do a video where I would dress up as Thor, meaning I would carry around a plastic hammer and put on a red cape. And people could challenge me to do push-ups, pull-ups, or better. We got to figure it out while we're there. We're like, oh, what are you going to do? these little YouTube videos, like I don't come up with this stuff. I'm not gonna be going to Venice Beach and getting a camera crew and challenging people to, to you know, a competition of strength. But we end up at Muscle Beach, I guess, because it's outdoors, there's people there, there's tourists, it's whatever. The vibe is right to do stuff like this because you kinda, people can see you and then come in and challenge you, right? So we show up, we get a few people who, you know, recognize Isaiah, recognize I mean, recognize me, the, the vibe was very fun. You know, somebody challenged me to do push-ups, uh, pull-ups, body weight, bench press. We're kind of figuring it out on the go. But I'm being encouraging. I'm doing like a funny character. Like, nobody can beat me. I have infinite strength. But also, you know, when they're going, it's not like I'm going, boo, you suck. I'm like, hey, good job. I'm trying to give this a, a fun vibe. 
because I believe in stuff like that. I don't think you have to be like hostile to people in a YouTube video because you don't want them to get cash apped 50 bucks if they beat me uh, in a push-up contest. Now, there's this guy, Ike Catcher, who I had seen videos of before. I've seen some people, put, like a girl will post him like standing, pressing her over her uh, over his head. He seems to be like this fixture at Muscle Beach. Honestly, when I first saw him, I'm like, is this like a homeless dude who lives at Muscle Beach? I really don't know. But he kind of has this, whatever, a gimmick where I saw, I went to his page, I saw all of his content was like, here's me doing muscle-ups, here's me doing, you know, handstand push-ups on the bars at Venice Beach. Not my thing. I'm, you know, I, I see things like that and I'm like, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge, but... Would I personally, you know, hang out at Venice Beach and work out all doors, outdoors all day for attention? No, but I assume, hey, if I met him, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Not necessarily the case, you realize, and sometimes your assumptions about people are correct. Sometimes your intuition can guide you. So while we were at the shoot, he shows up, and I guess he works at Muscle Beach or somebody, somebody's trying to tell me who knows him. He either works or has a financial stake. Either way... I'm going to outline what he did and why his behavior was sort of shocking. We, we showed up, uh, we were in the middle of shooting the video. He shows up and immediately starts like pacing around. He looked visibly upset. We're shooting a bit and he comes up in the middle of us, very close to us on the bars and starts doing muscle ups. But it wasn't like that was him working out. It was like very obvious that he was doing this just to show off. And in fact, he started grunting and growling while, uh, while doing the muscle-ups. Like, we'd do a muscle-up and go, mm, ah, mm, ah. Also, the dude's 6'9", has a great body. Like, this, you know, I can compliment him, honestly, that he has an amazing physique. And he's very tall, good-looking guy. So you almost kind of assume, like, this person is confident, right? This person knows how to interact with other humans, right? Again, wrong. He starts after grunting and growling going, this is my gym, welcome to my home. As he's like, you know, going up and down doing this, like yelling at whoever, I'm not sure. And it was really awkward because I'm like standing there with Isaiah, like, what is he doing? Does he want to be part of the video? Like, I don't really know what's going on. But I think the only right response was, oh my God, you're so amazing. Do more muscle ups, do more handstand push ups. You're so cool. I didn't give him that. I sort of looked his direction and wasn't sure what he wanted to do. He got off. He shook hands with Isaiah, ignored me, didn't make eye contact, didn't introduce himself, didn't say a single word to me, and kind of went off to his uh, the other side of the gym again. We got a few more clips for the video, and then we walked off. And as I'm walking off, I, I looked back and saw that he kind of was either FaceTiming or filming me and Isaiah or in our general direction. But it looked like he was talking, right? So I'm like, hmm. I'm suspecting that he's doing some video or story about us. He didn't want to talk to us while we're there, but as soon as we leave and are walking away and my back's turned to him, he starts recording me. I didn't know, but I went home and checked the story and found this. So we get a three-minute little video. And uh, so it says, wannabe Thor challenging people to pull-ups, so I had to show him some next level. And you can see me and Isaiah. I just hugged this dude who did a pull-up competition with me. Gets in the bars. Starts aggressively doing muscle-ups into handstand push-ups. Again, I don't think you can hear it, but he starts going, Welcome to my gym. This is my home. This is my gym. 
You can hear it on Isaiah's video. Um, pauses up there. This is like a three-minute video, so I'm not sure if all of it's interesting, but because it, it, it would have been one thing if it was just this, right? He says hi to Isaiah, and then he walks off again. It would have been one thing if it was just this, but it's still rude. It's like, oh, want to be Thor. First of all, I was in a movie playing Thor, so I really am Thor. Then he goes and films the crowd. I assume this is meant to convey, like, this crowd is all here for me. Look at all these people here, which I think is uh, a sign of his undelusion. Then he starts. Look, he got his hammer out of me and his cape. As soon as I flipped on him, he left. It was like shit, man. Father was doing something, man. Zeus <laughs> came in and shut me down, man. Zeus came in and shut him down. Boy, ask him if he could do a muscle up, he couldn't do one. All you for if he can't do one muscle up, boy. That's why I make him bow down on muscle beats, homie. So, <laughs> he's doing this fake like, that's why I make him bow down a muscle beach. Yeah, Thor, Thor thought he was doing something and I had to show him what's up and he ran off. Like, none of that happened. We got the clips he wanted to and then we walked off like normal humans. Also, he didn't ask me if I could do a muscle up or challenge me to muscle ups. Isaiah said something like, can, how many muscle ups can you do? And I said, none, because it's true. I can't, you know, I've never learned how to do one. Would have been cool if Ike showed me how to do it, but I guess he was more <laughs> interested in talking shit about me behind my back into a... Instagram story. So it was this again, that was like the second thing where I go, Jesus Christ, dude, this guy's like, you know, in his head, I think that makes a lot of sense that he's whatever, the king of muscle beach. And, you know, you can't come into uh, his domain without him needing to prove his superiority at doing muscle ups, because I'm sure there's other lifts that we could do if you if you wanted to have a legitimate competition of strength, let's deadlift, let's squat, let's bench, let's do whatever Olympic lifting. It's just, you know, muscle-ups are something. There's some more talking here that I want to get to. Here, this part? Probably. Probably. What did he say? Come to my town, bow down. We got the respect for the man that's been flying on this field for eight years, day in, day out. There was even no rain falling. Spitting on the ground for the transfer. Come out here, show some respect, man. You know what I mean? All that competitive bullshit coming into my little gym in my temple. Like, you ain't gonna win against like catching me. God ain't gonna let you win, not in here. This is my, this is my, this is my town. You come to my town, bow down. And we can link. We make something nice happen, you know what I mean? And all these dudes thinking they can do something because they got a little muscle. Homies is left through this shit, man. Don't care how big you are. Flip on you on these bars, shut you down. Simple as that. <laughs> ah. Oh my god, it's amazing. And then he plays his own rap music. Uh, you can look that up. Don't worry about me, Ike Catch. Let me know what you think of the comments of Ike Catch's music. Um, but it was interesting to see that because he gave this extent, he just kept going with it, right? It was like, wasn't one clip or the next clip. Or, it's like three, four, five Instagram stories. He's doing this monologue like, Yo, when you come to my town, when you come to my gym, I'm going to shut that down. You better show some respect. In his mind, I do think that I wasn't showing enough respect, but I'm not sure how I would have done that. You know, like, at, like hey, is, is Ike here? Is, is the master of the pull-up bars here? Can I come to pay my respects? Like, am I supposed to offer, 
gifts? Am I supposed to, uh, you know, uh, like, you know, maybe take- he's just the permit guy and you needed a <laughs> permit to film there. And that's all. This well, is it's funny. About. We actually did talk to the permit guy before. and They were like, yeah, you can't film like on certain times or on the weekend. There was some did issue he, with it. Did he say anything about filming when Ike was there? Uh, right. <laughs> well, you can film. Oh, here's what he said. You can film on an iPhone, but you can't film on a camera. It was we're like we paid and we figured okay. it out now. Um, so, again, when I look at that, first of all, you know, if you are the permit guy or you work for the gym, it's not a good look to be discouraging people by being rude to them, right? So I would say the first thing you want to do is not get angry that people are not showing respect to you in your gym. Like, you know, if I went to a, you know, 24-hour fitness, I don't go like, hey, where's the manager? Let me pay my respects to this guy before I go on the Stairmaster. That's not how gyms work. And if you have a financial stake in it, um, you know, it's not good business to be like, mocking the customers that come and pay for your gym because you feel they didn't give you enough respect. So whether you're a worker, you're there to facilitate people working out and following the rules, which we did. And if you have a financial stake, it's also a bad look because, um, you know, you're, you're making yourself look like a fucking idiot on Instagram, right? To all of your followers. And I think he's got like a hundred thousand followers. You'd have a million maybe if you, you know, didn't act like a simpleton, but um, he posts that and it just got me thinking about the psychology behind that because I think that's what passes for tough or hard or, you know, masculinity these days. And that term toxic masculinity gets thrown around a lot, but I would say that most of it's illegitimate, right? What I would consider a display like that as is a sort of toxic, toxic masculinity because it's a guy who's asserting I'm tough and I'm the best in a competition that he's envisioning in his head, right? If you're in competition with everybody and that makes you act hostile towards them, but they don't even know that you're in a competition, right? And you're perceiving disrespect when none is being given out, that's an ego issue. And you have a lack of understanding of the reality of your surroundings and the reality of your place within the real world. And that's going to always cause issues because people with overinflated egos or fragile egos, they see threats where there are none. And that makes you act hostile. It makes you um, become paranoid and think that there's plots against you. You know, I'm serious about this. Like it's, it's indicative of a style of thinking that's very non-constructive, right? And it's, again, a sign of not toughness or confidence that you would see somebody filming a video and feel the need to like outdo them in something or show off in front of them even, right? It tells me that you were uncomfortable having two seconds where the attention wasn't on you. Um, You were uncomfortable with basic social skills like introducing yourself first. If you're wondering what somebody's doing, you can go up and talk to them, right? If you're a guy and you're going to talk shit about somebody and mock them and they were just there, you can do that to their face, right? So, you know, he strikes me as the kind of guy who would try to fight me or something like that, like if I talk shit about him like I am now. But again, you had that opportunity, right? You had the opportunity to challenge me directly. You had the opportunity to, to fight me or talk shit to my face. You chose to not make eye contact, let me walk away, 
make several videos <laughs> about me after the fact. And in your mind, that equals toughness or dominance. And in my mind, that equals insecurity and fragility and instability mentally, right? And I warn people, young men specifically, to not go down that route of seeing everything as a competition, seeing as every situation as a need to assert dominance because you feel threatened, or even thinking of things as yours. Is it your gym? Do you own the gym? Okay, again, like I said, then you're probably going to you know, have a better outcome financially if you don't treat people like that. If you don't view it as, this is my gym, therefore I have to be stronger than everyone in it. And I don't think in those terms. I don't look into a gym and go like, I'm the strongest guy here. I use a hashtag buffest person on Instagram because that's funny and ironic. This guy uses the hashtag biggest man on the bars and it's not ironic. And I think that's part of your identity. And if you identify as things like that, like I am the best always. What if you're not though, right? What if you're not? What if, uh, what if nobody cares about that, right? What if, what, if, what if that's the only thing that you identify by and then anybody posing any sort of threat or trying to challenge you in any way, that becomes unhealthy because then it's an attack on your identity, not just something you can do. And I think anytime you have things like that that are arbitrary, wrapped up in, this is me, that isn't you. Your height or your size or your ability to do pull-ups isn't you and it just puts you in a position where you're gonna be more hostile to everybody because your identity is just that thing. Expand your horizons. Get a hobby outside of doing muscle-ups, huh? All right, can we move on? You know, I'm gonna do a more succinct version of this story, but I just had to get that out there before I stop giving a fuck because I don't really care about the stuff or care to like get him back or make a video about him, you know, go back to Muscle Beach and do more muscle-ups in him. But I have that happen, you go, this is disturbing and weird, and then you let it go after you talk about it on your podcast. Okay, you know what? Let's get into the hella personality portion of the podcast. How much time do we have left? Five minutes, cool. As much as you want, buddy. <laughs> this was sweet validation for me because Lex Friedman interviewed a guy from his, uh, from the CIA, actually. The whole interview was super interesting. But specifically, oh, because he talked about, like, for example, different branches of, uh, uh, like, intelligence divisions in different countries, right? Like, what is the KGB like? What is the Mossad like? What is the intelligence service in France? Like, what are they known for, right? Like, Mossad, I guess, is known for having no boundaries whatsoever to murdering people. Like, <laughs> they'll, and I think his phrasing was, they'll do anything uh, to keep the Israeli state alive and protect its citizens. So, for example, in China, we have people who have been in Chinese prisons for 30 plus years. And America is still looking for diplomatic solutions. And if it was Israeli citizens over there, they would conduct secret operations to go murder everybody at that jail and take, you know, the Israeli citizen out of the prison and nobody would know about it, right? Um, per example, and I guess France is known for having the best technology, but they use it in a very limited scope because, you know, their, their operations aren't as broad as America, but everybody wants to collaborate with the CIA, apparently. We're the, we're the best in at least some regards as far as power. Um, I'm relating this all back to the 
<laughs> Myers-Briggs personality test because a lot of people give a shit. I'll bring that up and people are like, well, isn't that debunked? Isn't it like bad? Isn't it worthless? Isn't it? Uh, who's that guy who did Blink? Malcolm Gladwell. He did a segment in his book essentially saying that the, the binaries in MBTI are all arbitrary, like extroversion, introversion, sensing and intuition, uh, feeling, thinking, judging, perceiving. You could almost take anything. You could take four random things. Be like, do you like blue or red? You know, uh, do you have brown hair or blonde? You could make like a 16 types out of four different categories and it would like divide the world up in a similar way. And you'd be like, oh yeah, you're like a red, blonde, blue guy, you know? Um, and that was hurtful to read because I'm somebody who, it's like a hobby for me, getting this MBTI stuff and it has helped me legitimately understand the world. And so to see people disparage on it, um, to see people talk bad on it, it does hurt my feelings and it does make me think, um, first of all, stop. Second of all, that's mean. Third of all, don't do that. Fourth of all, maybe you should reconsider your position because Lex Friedman, YouTube's greatest genius, has come out with an interview. Now, he could have censored this because Lex even brought up these protestations to the Myers-Briggs. Can we just play a little bit of this? Yeah. Okay. Because there's a special surprise. It's going to be a few minutes, right? Let's, let's let it slow oh, roll. Personality test. One for the hiring process, but also for understanding a human being. This guy so used to be a C in the CIA. Personality is extremely important for understanding human being. And I would say that there's a thousand different ways of looking at personality. The only one that I count with any with any significance is the MBTI. Booyah. And the MBTI is what all the leading spy agencies around the world use as well. Booyah. Well, that's all kind of interesting to hear. Oh, yeah. So there's been criticisms of that kind of test. There have been criticisms for a long time. Yeah, and you, you think there's value. Absolutely, absolutely. And here's there's a few reasons why, right? So first, MBTI makes the claim that your core personality doesn't change over time. Uh, and that's how, it's, that's how it's calibrated. And one of the big arguments is that people say that your personality can change over time. Now, what I, in my experience, the MBTI is exactly correct. You can, your core personality does not change because your core personality is, is defined as your personality when all resources are removed. Mm -hmm. So essentially your emergency mode, your dire conditions, that is your core personality. We can all act a little more extroverted. We can all you know, be a little more empathetic when we have tons of time and money and patience. When you strip away all that time, money and patience, how empathetic are you? How how much do you like being around other people? How much do you like being alone? Do you make judgments or do you do you analyze information? Uh, that's what's so powerful about MBTI is it, it's talking about what people are like when you strip away resources. Should we keep going? Yes, there's a little bit longer. <laughs> I just don't know how much of it somebody else's YouTube video. Okay, well, so I'll say this much. Um, Plus, I'd like to just hear you sum it up. Right. Like <laughs> What's Actually, I can. That's a good point. I can, I can sum it up from here. Um, there was a little bit of a surprise at the end because he goes, do you know what your type is? And he goes, yes, I'm an ENTP. Oh, my God. It's me. <laughs> um, so it was cool to hear him talk about that and how he's really into it and validates it because I think like ENTPs are actually sort of more likely to be into the theory of personality, you know, because like it's an abstract theory that helps you. It almost like bridges the gap between like humans and machinery or something like that. Like it's like an organized systems that I can fit in human, you know, human beings into um, as bad as that sounds. But uh, I liked a few things here. 
number one, hearing that the intelligence agencies around the world use that because I'm like, I, to me, it's effective. And you can guess people and you can analyze people. It's actually practical, effective, unlike, say, astrology, unlike, say, I've heard Enneagram stuff, I've read it. It just doesn't, it doesn't click into like a system. for. Well, you you're, don't like Enneagram? You're such a Leo. <laughs> What's funny is people can always guess that I'm a Leo. Maybe it's because <laughs> of my hair. It's like, so I hate the fact that like, yes, you know, Leos, I guess I give off narcissistic Leo vibes with my long hair. But, it, you know, so I'm like, yes, I'm a Leo, but also, you know, that's not why I'm like this, you know? <laughs> Like, yes, I'm a middle child. That's not why I seek validation from others. You know, that's why not, uh, I'm not, a, I'm attention seeking for totally different reasons. But what he explains also is like, this is these personality things are stable over time, these characteristics. And yes, you can learn to be one way or another when you have resources. Like I've grown to be more empathetic by practicing that. And at some point somebody kind of instilled that that it's a value to think about things from the perspective of others and i've spent years trying to activate that more and i think a lot of men struggle with this that sort of like knee-jerk empathy and i think you can have too much empathy right there's there's an ideal middle for most men in this world and some people struggle with having too much i wouldn't say i'm a natural empath but i've always loved animals it's just <sighs> understanding the motives of people or really feeling the things when it didn't make sense to me. I guess that's where I'm coming from because if you're freak, you know, if you're with somebody who's like having a really strong emotion to something that doesn't make sense to you, maybe your first instinct is like, that's stupid, you're overreacting. But if you take the time to like walk yourself into that person's shoes and understand that different people have different value systems, right? So that's where I started to understand, for example, that like an ISTJ who's very much about rules and procedure and we should do this and follow the, you know, the checklist, um, like the, it's their greatest strength to sort of look at like a manual or look at how things traditionally have been done and replicate that. You need people like that in many scenarios. I might butt heads with that person because I'm proposing something more unconventional and if they don't like it, the pushback, the pushback might come across as like, you're wrong. And I go, well, I'm just giving options. But I understand now that in their brain, it's like, this gives me anxiety and emotional pain to think of doing it the wrong way. Like it's obviously like we should, obviously we should do it the right way. And if you can wrap your mind around the fact that if you're not doing it the right way or the, the way that they see fit, it's not about their ego, it's about the emotion that they feel, the stress or whatever. And so I've learned to depersonalize, for example, things like that, but everybody's different. And if you can get into their value system and kind of the things that they lead with, um, I think you just have a lot more patience for people, you know? And you also have, including for yourself, because I'm okay with like the things that I'm bad at, I wanna work at it, but it's like, yeah, like, you know, you can't, it's harder to make me feel like, oh, worthless person because I'm not good at what somebody else is good at. Um, and he also talks about his wife being an ISFJ, who's like an inversion of uh, what he is. He's exactly the opposite, right? Instead of extrovert, you're introvert, you're a sensor, not a, uh, you know, uh, intuitive. And I do think often romantic relationships will have like that inversion. Sometimes it'll be like you'll the same as an S or an N, like, you know, an ENTP might work with an INFJ um, or an ES. TP could work with uh, an ISFJ, like, so everything's different but that S or N. 
it's an interesting theory. I don't know. I don't know how it turns out in real life. Can you date somebody that's, you know, I've met some hot girls that are like ENTPs and you realize like, oh, you feel like my sister. We're still banging, but it, it feels like I'm banging my sister. So I just am always fascinated by this theory. And it's interesting to see that guy talk about it in the way that he did and kind of see that he's taking this risk by even talking about these intelligence agencies and the inner workings of the CIA. But much like me, I can tell that he's leading with his love for information and he wants to share that. And so that's less important for him than like upholding the secrets of this vaunted institution that's important to him he knows it's a risk but he loves like sharing that abstract and and you know unique information so much that he's here on this and i am grateful for that okay can we move on already <laughs> and by the way lex friedman is an infj infjs are the rarest type um according to the result this is a tweet the infj is the rarest type and one i share with carl jung dostoevsky gandhi thomas jefferson hitler Sam Harris and Plato, you go, oh my God, Hitler was so terrible. Well, if you're a dark INFJ, you have the greatest strength out of all the types of intrapersonal intelligence. You know your own mind. Carl Jung was able to analyze his own mind and his own thoughts, and often these people are referred to as oracles. And I found that when talking with an INFJ, they seem to be able to predict things, not in a way that an ENTP would. An ENTP would look for a pattern and be able to replicate that or show you this is a pattern that maybe other people can't see, but if forced to, I could point it out. An INFJ will like go inside the web of their own mind where everything that they've ever experienced is interconnected and like they can predict things in ways that could almost seem psychic. But what I refer to it as is they're so in tune with like the vibrations of the universe. It's like like a, like you're stepping on a spider's web almost like past, present or future. Something happens and they're like this little tiny step makes a big vibration over here. So it becomes more meaningful. That dream becomes more meaningful. The vision becomes more meaningful. And they kind of sound like crazy people. But a lot of times they're right. And I know I don't have that because I would be too self-conscious to be like, I had a dream about you, Casey, and this is going to happen. But, you know, an INFJ will be like, no, it's going to happen. And then it happens. And then you murder that INFJ. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. No, nah, don't do it. No, don't. Hey. Guys, let's preserve these INFJs, okay? Come on, no murdering. Okay, can we get to the ha You know, we, I put you through all that. That was just a test. Are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> this was, the objective was, let me see if I can make the most boring podcast <laughs> that I've ever put out but then reward you with the best list of gym fails that you've Yay. ever seen. This is why we can't have nice gyms. You know, first of all, this girl is trying to clown this dude. This motherfucker really brought his own bar to the gym. What's wrong with that? Well, maybe that you're putting it in, you know, into a, a Honda Civic, but, uh, and also that you're bringing it to, and then bringing it back. But that's, to me, that's normal. Cause bar, there is a difference between bars. If you can grip something that's a little bit smaller, these deadlift bars have whip and they have like, they're a little bit smaller than diameter. That makes a huge difference because you can only lift what you can grip onto. And also if something has whip in it, whip, the middle part's gonna lift off. So it's almost like you're deadlifting a lighter weight. If there's a slight bend in the bar, that first plate will get up and then you're a little bit higher and then the other weights start to get off. So if it's a super stiff bar, it makes it harder to, for example, deadlift. Now you don't want that on a, uh, squat, you know, you don't want going everywhere, but on a deadlift, sure. So I get it. I'm team bring your own bar. Don't be self-conscious, Kings. I like this one. It said, uh, have uh, the girls like, oh, the guys go, 
hey, can you put another 10 on the oh, side of the bar? It. And then they're it's her. They're saying that she's a 10 out of 10, very yeah. attractive. The reason this is a gym fail is because she's actually a nine. Oh. And I just want to point that out. Just kidding. She's really cute. And you know what? I like those little creativity. I've never seen anything like this before. I, this trend in Instagram fitness or whatever, people do the same joke over and over again. Like they'll literally just recreate a sketch. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, have you no shame, people? So at least this was original. And it was all yellow. This dude is doing, this is a classic, just gym fitness. What are you doing, bro? You rolled up to the LA Fitness in tight jeans, put on a lifting belt over your sweatshirt, and loaded a bar up with four 35-pound plates, which should be illegal, okay? Green ones I'm okay with, yellow ones I'm not okay with. Who the fuck ever does that? We need to put an end to this. Do not stack yellow plates one to the next. And I'm just going to do the math real quick. That's uh, 140 pounds each size. So that's uh, 280 then 45, it's about 325. Now, of course, his form sucked, and of course, everything about that was wrong, and it's no surprise when you see somebody with a, a belt over their sweatshirt and jeans, guess what their squat form's gonna look like, right? It's just, you're never gonna see it. You know, when you see the lifting gloves, you're like, and guess how he lifts? Because he doesn't care about anything else. You don't care about doing it right. Why can't we learn how to squat? This is gonna be a squat series right here. Uh-huh, oh. <laughs> Now, this may come across as racist, but why do we only see black guys do this? <laughs> if there's a video of a white guy doing this in any gym, send it in. I want to see it because, to my knowledge, I've only seen black guys do this sort of, like, explosive push-up dancing on the gym floor where you're, like, crawling. And, like, you throw yourself down to the ground, and then you, like, go to your elbows and then your wrists, and you pop up and, like, do this exploding starburst in the air and come back. Yeah. It's both impressive and highly embarrassing. Much like most of my life. Aww. <laughs> uh, you're like, Mark, you're not that impressive. <laughs> but I'll tell you what is. So. These are fake bro arms. Right. You know, which I, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. But yes, if you're going to call me fake bro arms while well, this guy's still alive and ticking, <laughs> you're just wrong. Because. Yeah. Now, certain parts of the world, notably Russia and Brazil, this seems to be much more common because nobody would do that in America. And also, uh, we have access to healthcare, and your doctor would be like, what the fuck are you doing? This, so these guys, if you don't know, now synthol is an oil that bodybuilders actually inject. You've probably seen many bodybuilders on stage. You wouldn't know it though because they use it more judiciously. Judicial system. They use a site enhancement oil. They'll inject set many cc's uh, of just this regular oil that, that in theory dissolves into your body over time, but it, none of it's good because it can cause necrosis, it can cause nerve damage. It's just not good to inject yourself so much, right? Like even doing a weekly injection, over time you're gonna have scar tissue and it's not that great for you. Oil can cause inflammation in your muscles. Like ideally, you wouldn't experience some of these things, but it's pretty low level. If you're injecting liters of oil, and it's also not synthol, I guarantee it, it's either olive oil or motor oil or something crazy, like that guy we saw on um, T-Fat K, the king of the oil guys from India just died. It's not healthy. Like, you know, if, if, a, if a CC of oil can cause inflammation, imagine what this is doing. But also, does this guy have friends? Like, nobody's going, hey, but don't do that, right? But don't inject your arms with so much oil that they look like actual beach balls. 
and then you don't know how to lift still. Of course, why are we shocked? He doesn't know how to lift. He can't even do a lat pulldown, which is the easiest of the pulldowns. Tom Platts, dude. If you guys don't know this, he's the he, he's known for his legs. Um, Nothing compares to squats. You can do leg presses, but why? Best legs of all time, maybe? Why do an inferior movement? Why do a movement that looks good, but produces... <laughs> Look at the disgust on his face. Yeah. He's like, it's very expressive. He almost, it's almost like you know, like a robot face that's like <laughs> doing like, leg press is bad. There's this video of him doing, I believe it's five plates. It could be more. It could be up to like five twenty-five, but something like it's five hundred pounds, probably a little bit more. And he does it like. 24 times astrograss like and somebody like a power lifter like goes right before him like a big ass dude and he gets it like you know nine times and he kind of like goes to parallel and he goes like high bar astrograss like boom boom like 24 times in a row and the dude's not that big um but maybe best legs of all time and i do i like what he's saying like you should learn you know yes tom platt's uh insane dude now, I look at that and go, why would you want legs up? Like, it is impressive, but it's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a lot to carry around, right? But incredible legs. And when you see videos of training legs, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how you build legs like that. Just all these drop sets on leg extensions. What the fuck? It's right. No, it's Dude, insane. Legs though. are huge. They're insane, right? Um, but again, yeah, commensurate with the work he put into them. And that's the thing is like, one of the reasons I'm proud of, you know, having more muscular legs is because it's not easy to work them. You know, I'm still sore from Saturday from an eight, just eight sets of leg press and only a few sets to failure. Those are guys saying that they tried it. Um, world record. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, there it is. 23 reps at 525. Okay, so it wasn't too off. But this 525, I've never even squatted that much once. And look how far down he goes on each rep. Just absolutely sitting down. And you think he's going to stop? And that's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 24, 23. But uh, tremendous, right? And there is something to that where it's like, we watch all these videos today. All these guys not knowing how to squat or not knowing how to lift properly. And like, you know, it's it's the reason you don't see a lot of people squatting properly is because it's tough. It doesn't feel good. And um, if you're going to like, but it's like Picasso, you know, don't be a cubist before you can be a realist. I've always said that. <laughs> this is not an original thought by me for sure. But like, I've always thought about that. Like, it's a great analogy for anything where it's like, if you're doing leg press because you don't know how to squat, like learn how to squat. Oh, I get what you're saying. You know, um, yeah, like you can't just be any abstract painters, like, and even Bosque. I know Bosque, yeah, people love him, but I don't know if he was a talented artist as far as realism. And so the reason I think Picasso gets the credit that he deserves is he was a mass, he could, you know, paint or draw something to look exactly like it did in real life. And then he was like, actually, you know, I'm going to draw a cow that looks like it was sliced. And rearranged and flattened out, you know, then we're like, okay, cool. You're a genius. Master but the fundamentals. Yes, that's exactly. It, Master the And then get weird, but like, don't get weird. And that's probably the running theme of this whole show is like, you know, these fake gurus who are like, no, 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 no. The fundamentals suck. Do this weird stuff that doesn't work. 
and I've never progressively overloaded anyone on. And I take NFL athletes and make them do this and then make you believe that they got to be NFL athletes by doing this. Okay, I know we have like 30 more videos. <laughs> Why you never skip like they do. No, and this video's in reverse, Mark. No, uh, I'm a video editor, dude. <laughs> I could tell by the- How do you know? Because the clouds are moving the, backwards? The dynamic movement of his shirt is going in unnatural fashion. Oh, wow. He went to the shirt, dude. Good call. But again, I think it's something to keep in mind because we were just watching Tom Platts. Like Tom Platts is famously able to jump on the top of slides very easily, just like this guy. So once again, never skip Leb Day. Now, um, this this one after this is funny. Yeah, because I think they're doing a prank. Like either it's planned or not. But he's like, I'm gonna squat you just on your butt cheeks, and then he actually tries to bring it up, and then he goes, oh, and it's like, all right, dude, like right. yeah, get the bar off my back, and then he just flattens himself. And honestly, that's what you get. You know. Part of stuff like this where I, I look at this and I just, it's funny, but I know personally, like I've never done pranks in the gym like that. I'm like, oh, let's walk, like let's joke around with 300 pounds on my back. Like right. I do sketches in the gym, but this type of stuff, I, honestly, it kind of pisses me off more so than, like I have lower tolerance for silliness in the gym than I do for almost any other area of my life. Like I take it personal and I'm not mad at that because shit like that happens. Where it's like, you can get seriously, why are you playing around with 300 pounds on your back and now your knees? Don't do it. <laughs> An emotional appeal from Mark Harley. Stop. I like this guy. Skyler, uh, <laughs> Skyler Scoach. You walk into the gym. Can I please get a spot? And it's just. <laughs> uh, you got the CrossFitter going nuts in the bands. You got what looks to be. I don't think it's Ronnie Coleman, but he's twerking on stage. And then this fat, pierced up power lifter. All right, good enough. And I think it's accurate. This is why we can't have nice pranks. This is really long. Oh, shit. How y'all doing today? How y'all doing today? How long have y'all been together? Uh, Almost two years. Almost two years. Do y'all trust each other 100%? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we test that theory? Yeah. yeah. Go with that. Would you, Casey? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Once they ask, then you're in a position you can't be like, no. So she's going, oh, who's Trevor? That's a streak? Awkward silence. He's trying to come see you? He's trying to come see you? Before that, she goes, huh? You know, when you get caught and you go like, huh? What, what, huh? What'd you say? I say. Yeah, she trying to wait. She trying to wait. She trying to wait. Wait for it. I got you. That's why I do this, man. And they solve racism. How about that, huh? To me, that looks real. Like, the awkwardness of everything. I don't know. Like, he was underplaying it. It could be fake, but to me, it looked real. I think people do stuff like that, these little prank videos. Or not prank, it's just like, hey, let's let's do a social experiment. Let's get to see if people can swap phones. Her nervousness is really what sold me on it. Mm -hmm. Could you pick up on that? Yeah, definitely. That she's like, huh, what? Like, Trevor. <laughs> but once you go, once you take that step into like, sure, I'll do this. Be like, nope, oh, wait a second. But what I would do is I would just take my phone and just like throw it in the pond, you mm -hmm. know, or the nearest like just like they're like, oops. Mm -hmm. And then be like muscle spasm. Yeah. I stomped on my own phone to get out of any sort of incrimination. 
Uh-huh. This is why we can't have nice trampolines. See, I made at least one of them makes Casey laugh. I'm good. This happened to me, you know, not the exact same thing, but I love how she just fell in there. She's not injured, but it's like, it's a traumatizing event. And you kind of realize, like, trampolines are super dangerous, oh, yeah. right? We're just, like, jumping. We're like, hey, jump up and down. And you get 20 feet in the air. Yeah. But also there's holes everywhere yeah. that are, like, this perfect size to put a baby or your leg in there. I remember doing a backflip on one. And as I'm coming down, like, I, you know, I'm in the middle and then I, I'm flipping in the air and coming down and I realized my leg was going to land in one of those holes. Mm -hmm. And in that split second, you're like, my leg's about to snap in half. Like, you can picture what, what's happening. Now, my leg went down here and then it like, I like hung off, you know, but it bent at my kneecap. So okay. But like, you know, you're like, nah, it's so traumatized. Like, you yeah. almost think you broke your leg. You know, yeah. you're like, ah, obviously I'm hanging off of this thing. It's broken. We had, um, uh, you know, there's four brothers in my family. Yeah. Uh, they were all gymnasts. My dad was a gym teacher. We had a trampoline in the backyard, right. but it was like the old school, like 80s one where you dug a hole in the ground. Oh, yeah. So it was flat with the ground. That's and way then, better. Yeah, way better. And yeah. then around that, you just have gymnastics mats. So Because you actually know how to do I mean, that's yeah. so funny because it's like, oh, you can take away all the danger of it when you see like actual gyms yeah they have like the spotter there with the mm -hmm. thing and it's like yeah because shit happens but then we would add danger to it because it was right next to the shed like, so we safe. yeah we would go from <laughs> the shed to the tramp to a mini tramp to the above ground pool nine wow yeah dude yeah that is freaking wild then your dad was all okay with that or would you do it under okay uh, with it, it was his idea <laughs> but i also think that's cool because it's like your dad's going hey we can do this dangerous stuff but like let's do it the right way yeah you know and then let's have a couple drinks first. Right. Hop, hop on the shed. <laughs> let's get drunk and do a double trample up to the <laughs> above ground pool. And here is fine. We're going to end it off with a sketch debut here after we do this. Okay. This oh, is why we can't have nice uh, parks. No, I like this because what are you thinking? Again, was he going to land on this? It's like, hey, let me just do a backflip and uh, place my groin to the nearest uh, sharp object, the nearest phallic symbol in the park. You're just asking. You're asking for trouble. You're asking to never breed again once you get your ball smashed on that scooter. I'm afraid to keep scrolling down. What is it? What no, is this, No, don't, don't be afraid. <laughs> do a slow, sensual scroll. Yo. Okay, he's wearing pants. All right. Yeah. You want me to uh, play on this? One of these days, though. Yeah. <laughs> Our game <or> two. <laughs> A lot of people have been asking me, Mark, we see that you work chest every single day. Why is it so important to work your pecs seven days a week? Well, the answer is your pec supports you in a plank, which is crucial to supporting your body in missionary position. So just remember, kids, you can't have great sex unless you have great pecs. More tidbits from Mark coming soon. So just remember that you can't have great sex unless you have great pecs. And that's all you need to know. It's chest day, but it's also sex day, right? So, oh my God, your chest, it's non-functional. How much do you have to do this? No, you have to do that in real life, right? When you're banging, dude, when you're having intercourses with the woman's, okay? This, you know, if you can't support yourself like that, we're just gonna lay on her the whole time, you know? You don't wanna be the guy who's like, oh, hold on, I'm cramping up. <laughs> like, dude, you're, you, she's never gonna come back to your house again. You wanna be like, what? This is super easy, dude. Like, and then you also want to pump too. So like, looks you're like, what? Oh, I didn't even really, like, no, they're always, they always look like this. And, I, uh, I just make them do all the work. <laughs> and that's why Casey's a misogynist <laughs> and he hates women worse than Andrew Tate. 
Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. We're just going to end on that note. We finally figured it out. Casey Bizagist, he hates women. And I'm a good guy, okay? Even though a lot of people would say, like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, I, I have uh, fake bro arms. <laughs> yeah. Do these look really fake? Huh? Do they? Do they? Kind of. I think so. Oh. Kind, okay, yeah, kind of like 10% <laughs> fake. Like, I mean, more like unbelievable. You know, it's like, whoa, my God, they're so huge and ripped. Like, it's crazy. Could those be real? No, they are real, dude. Come feel them in person. And remember, bio can stone. <laughs> <laughs>